flush it all down the funnel. What a week. My name is Matt Sinovic. I'm the Executive Director of Progress Iowa. And I'm Ivy Beckenholt, Communications Director of Progress Iowa. Welcome to What a Week with hot takes about the week's news and shout outs for people doing good in the world. This week, we hear from Iowa Representative Ross Smith of Waterloo in the interview. But first, we are going to have to rapid fire with what has made headlines this past week because there is a lot. So let's get started. Um, it is the second funnel week um, in the Iowa legislature, which means that some legislation has has survived and some uh, some have thankfully not. And so we're just going to go through some of a, a few of the bills um, that have made it and haven't, um, and and quickly give uh, give our take and and let you know what has what is what has made it through this this funnel. Um, first up. Uh, eliminating tenure is dead. Thankfully, um, this is something that um, is brought up. I think most years um, by by some fringe elements in the legislature, um, and this is it, it's such, it's a critical part of academic uh, like freedom and and being able to um, be able to teach effectively. So it's a good thing that this that this did not make it through this funnel deadline. Um, Ivy, any? Like, I mean, I don't know what you thought about this, but I'm I'm just just glad it's done for this year. I mean, I completely agree. I think the best part of going to college is having really great professors mm-hmm. to teach you, and then I I was professors might not be uh, as excited to come here if we don't have tenure for sure. I think that's, that's a great that point. Really excites professors, so yeah, very glad that that is dead again. Uh, next up, we have uh, something that is dead, the legislation barring employers from acquiring the COVID vaccine for their employees. This is obviously really good news mm-hmm. because employers should be able to require that vaccine. There's nothing wrong with it. It'll help save lives. So I just think it's really great that it's dead. Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't want to do this, especially, I mean, like, it's, it's you know, you, it's one thing if you're not getting a, I don't know, I, don't, I mean, I like other types of medicine or whatever, but like this is a public health threat. So this is something that Mm -hmm. should be an option for employers if they choose to do it. Um, The next one that that is not moving along, which is wonderful, wonderful news, um, that did not survive the funnel deadline, is the bill that would require doctors to post false information about medication abortions. And so there have been so many, so much bad news, I think, on abortion rights, on workers' rights, women's rights, LGBTQ rights, this session that when something like this ha- uh, ends up not making it, uh, we ought to celebrate. So this is this is a great, uh, great victory that this is not moving forward. I completely agree. <laughs> I think it would be ridiculous to, you know, tell false information that you can reverse this medication abortion yeah. when that's like, I mean that's just ridiculous. So and and just making true. doctors say false things, like mm-hmm. or share false things. I mean, right? Um, yeah. I mean, basically the same thing. You have to post on your right. wall. That's just yeah. Decoration. Yeah. It is. <laughs> so another good thing that's dead is built to override presidential executive orders. I mean, this one was really just ridiculous. Trying to basically ignore the 
you know, Biden administration. I mean, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think this is, I would be interested to see what they would say if, if this had been introduced last year with a different president. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, thankfully, I guess the rule of law is alive. I mean, if the executive order isn't constitutional for some reason, and the courts say that and throw it out, that's a whole other thing. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, but but that's how but we have that. But the president has that ability on, under certain circumstances to do this. So um, that's how uh, that's how this works right now. Until those powers are taken away, um, or if they are. So great that you know we're not going to pass something that would probably, almost certainly, have to believe it would get tossed by the courts anyway. But like, it's just goofy. Um, yeah, and. Um, speaking of, uh, just usurping authority from where it ought to be, um, the, 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 the ability to penalize cities that divert funding from police did not make it through, uh, this funnel deadline. This is a, this was a, a, a racist, you know, uh, like attempt to divide, uh, and just, and, and use, um, the, the Black Lives Matter movement and the defund the police movement movement to um, to bring try and bring that into the Iowa debate here um, and I mean sometimes there's the need to shift funding around you know like even if even if you're not even if you're like a local Republican official that thinks gosh we need to spend a little bit less on the police and a little bit more on mental health care. What what is that? That that's that's by some definition like defunding the police. But the, under this bill, they'd be penalized for it. So I'm glad this is done done with. They shouldn't be penalized for making their own local governments shouldn't be penalized for making their own priorities. Exactly. Kind of ironic that it's the you know small government party who is doing this. But again, yeah, you hit it nail on the head. You know exactly why. Uh, the next up, uh, moving on to some unfortunate things. So the amendment uh, automatically restoring voting rights to individuals with felonies is dead. I mean, this is just disappointing because it would be great to have this in law. I know that Reynolds had the you know executive order last, I think it was last year already. So, but it'd be great to get this in law for sure. It would be wonderful to have it written into law. So it's not at the whim of the governor, but... Basically, Republicans and I don't want you to vote. They don't want people to vote. And more specifically, they don't want people that are not white to vote. So um, this is not – and people with who have been convicted of felonies are disproportionately black or minority. Like So this is – I mean this is specifically to take people who they don't want at the polls away from that. So this is just another way that we are moving in the wrong direction um, as a state. So – we need to have this written into law. Um, we're one of like, I think, two states that don't do that don't do this, um, or we were before the governor did her executive order. Um, we need to get that written in stone here. Exactly. I mean, I think we even saw after the governor uh, did her order, there was still confusion and there was still information going out that didn't uh, have the accurate information that. People with past felonies could vote, things like that. So right, which ridiculous. I which I think is all part of the plan, right? Like, yeah. um, um, and to kind of further the confusion of uh, uh, on 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 race issues, um, 
on racial topics, the bill to ban quote-unquote divisive topics in diversity training is alive. It has survived this funnel. Um, this is the one that would um, put a pretty much a chilling effect on um, diversity education across the state um, where they would specifically ban topics that talk about like institutional racism um, and things like that that are really critical to understanding what is happening in our society that I mean that I mean that race isn't just about like do I does someone treat someone well on a human to human level but there are laws there are policies there are real real like uh, institutional changes that need to be made to make to make our society more equal and those types of discussions just won't be able to happen under this law if it passes so hopefully it will not make it all the way through um, but it unfortunately is alive right now exactly i think it'll be ridiculous if it makes it on through it's it's not even well defined what exactly divisive right. means i think we know what uh, republicans think it means but obviously it's not real diversity training about it so mm -hmm. uh next up uh we have the charter school expansion bill that's still alive it was pushed through the senate Educa education committee this week mm -hmm. and it's just moving closer to the floor so the fact that the economic impact of this bill isn't even known is concerning and it's just concerning how much it's going to affect public school students yeah the next step for this is through an appropriations committee, I think, and then and then if it moves beyond that to the floor, but like this is just it's it's a way to shift money out of public schools and into for profit companies. I mean, there's um, there's a couple of good reports about this about how that happens and how shady it is with these unaccountable out of state groups that come in and try to set these schools up. Um, so it is just um, it, it's it's very very. Uh, um, troubling that we could see this shift of, of resources away from public schools uh, and we will be out there fighting against it. Um, moving on to a couple of things that the governor, that Governor Reynolds did this week. One just happened as we're recording this on Friday, April 2nd. Um, and the governor um, signed the really dangerous gun legislation that would basically uh, is permitless carry more or less making uh, background checks um, a thing of the past here. Um, and this is, it's basically, it's really opening the door for bad actors and people who, anyone who wants, whether you're, um, uh, um, have a criminal background or a history of, of any sort of violent crime, like could just uh, get a, get a, get a, um, purchase a gun. Uh, so, I spent a little more time talking about this one, Ivy, because this is just like, this is just terrifying. And, she, and this is something that she had said she was against in the past. So what did you think about her like flip-flop on this? I mean, I wasn't necessarily surprised to see her flip-flop because sure. she doesn't really stand for much. But I just thought it was truly horrible, especially with the mass shootings the past few weeks. You know, you'd think that with this, it'd kind of be a wake-up call to... Stop supporting the NRA and uh, people, bad actors, having guns. But clearly, that wasn't going to happen. Just, you know, doing what the NRA wants and some extreme people want. I don't think that this bill was for, you know, people, good people having guns. You know, I think it's definitely for people who shouldn't have guns. And I 
Uh, it's really upsetting. So we'll see what this means in the future, but yeah, it's really upsetting. Next up for Reynolds doing more insane stuff. Uh, Reynolds paid Iowa's attorney general to sign on to this lawsuit um, against the Biden administration because she wants to ensure that COVID relief can be used for tax cuts. These tax cuts are really just for the wealthy anyway. So that was just insane to me. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, like, it's, they are just like, the only priority she has is is for these tax breaks. That's it. Like, it's for, mm-hmm. and everybody else gets chucked out the window. Like, I mean, she, like, if she wants to put more money in our pockets, like support the entire bill. Cause that's what the, that's what it did. Gave everybody a 14, I mean, everybody under a certain income, like a $1,400, mm-hmm. $1,400 check. It's giving great amount of money to parents. It's putting people back to work. The jobs report, which we're not going to get into detail, but like over 900,000 jobs created this past month. And it will be, it seems like it will be more as this rolls out. Like, so support the actual legislation. Don't like, you know, play around with this and try to get more more money to your donor buddies. I mean, this is just bizarre. So, um, but we know who she works for. Um, so those are the two for that we wanted to make sure and talk about for the governor. And moving on to national, moving on to national news. Um, and I, we can go really fast through these because this is. Uh, through this one because I don't want to spend more time on this guy than we have to. Matt Gates, the congressman who is just really embroiled in this scandal now of being with women underage, um, paying, uh, giving, giving young women money um, under suspicious circumstances. And so um, he's someone who has been a vocal critic of everything on the left and put himself out there as, as some um, many times as some sort of moral beacon. And, you know, it's usually those folks that are, have the most to um, have the most to hide. So um, disappointing, but not surprising necessarily for Congressman Matt Gates. Ivy, any yeah, thoughts sure. on this gem? I mean, I was mostly surprised uh, about the CNN report that even showed photos and videos of nude women to other lawmakers on the floor, on the House floor. That was shocking. I feel like every layer you peel back of this thing is just worse and worse with with him. And um, something else is that uh, Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader in the House, apparently said that if he's indicted he still will not be removed from his committee seats. He will have to be convicted basically to, to make that happen. So, you know, I guess, and I think last when, when Republicans have been indicted before, um, they've been removed from their committee assignments. So, um, but apparently this, these crimes wouldn't, (laughs) wouldn't be bad enough. I don't know. I don't know what the standard is there. Um, but it's just a just a really troubling story for so many reasons, and mm-hmm. and and uh, hopefully we get to the um, hopefully they get to the bottom of it. For sure. Uh, next up on national news. So just a few hours ago, or not even that long ago, really, there's a developing story at the Capitol 
Um, you'll probably have more details while you're listening to this on Saturday. But mm-hmm. on Friday, what we know right now is that there was an incident. It looks like some people were injured. Shots were fired because a car kind of went over a barricade at the Capitol and might have hit some security officers. So not really sure, sure all the details there, but it's definitely concerning considering what happened in January. Yeah, we'll definitely keep our eye out on this and maybe have more to report next week. But um, but it's just another sign of our just very frayed um, political society right now. Um, we don't know. I, as far as I've seen, I've not seen what any motivation was left conservative, liberal, like what I've not seen anything about that. But when you're mm-hmm. attacking the Capitol, that's not a good, you know, um, or, or doing something to um, provoke violence at the Capitol. That's not a good, uh, not a good sign about our political uh, environment right now. During the legislative session, bills move quickly, and by the time you check your email, that advocacy alert may be too late. Now you can get text messages from Progress Iowa for the latest news and action alerts. Just text IOWA to 515-385-1385. We'll send petitions, phone numbers for key members of the legislature, and more to keep you informed. That's IOWA to 515-385-1385 for text message updates from Progress Iowa. And last but certainly not least is the uh, Derek Chauvin trial for uh, his murder of of George Floyd. Um, And we've posted and shared information about this um, this week from Progress Iowa. But, um, and I think Ivy, you put it really well that we need to remember who's actually on trial here. And a lot of the, some of the, what, what has been going on in this case is putting George Floyd's actions on trial when he was the one who was killed. Um, and um, it's, it's disturbing, it's disappointing. And, it, it, and for people that, um, if you're, uh, it, 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 it's just got to be demoralizing because, um, and I don't even know what else to say because it's just awful. Um, that that someone who was murdered in this way is then now um, being put on trial in his clearly in his absence, um, and uh, um, and his killer is is not you know uh, being the main focus of this. So I don't know what you what, what you'd like to add, but I just was it's been it's been disturbing to watch in many ways. Yeah, I mean, I think that was definitely spot on. And it'd be very interesting to see how this trial would be playing out if George Floyd was white, if he wasn't black, how they would go after his character then. Um, and I think it's just, we're going to, I think that we've seen a lot of people say this on Twitter and social media, that it's a true test to see if our justice system is effective, uh, how this all plays out. So I think that'll just be interesting and hopefully George Floyd gets justice. But it was just upsetting to see, you know, the people who were up there talking about how they felt guilty even though like they were trying to help and then you see like Derek not even feeling guilty really for yeah. actually yeah. so that was just disheartening so we'll see how it goes mm-hmm. next up we have our hot takes on the topics of the week uh first off we're going to start with baseball opening day was thursday 
Uh, you can't see Matt right now, but he has a Kansas City hat on, so I think we know what team he's rooting for. Yep, Royals all the way. Um, yeah. No doubt. I grew up in the Kansas City area and love the Royals. Win or lose, most of the time it's lose, but they won on opening day. So as of the recording of this episode, we are in first place and undefeated, and we can just freeze time right here and call it good. That's fine. Yeah. Good luck with that. And you're <laughs> Cardinals, right? Yes, yeah. definitely Cardinals fan. Rooting for them all the way. Uh, it's funny. I remember in I, I had Jennifer Confers for a professor last year, and she was a Cubs fan. And there was always a Cardinals fan in her class, and they would argue in class about you know who's better. So gonna miss that. But that's mm-hmm. kind of fun. Yeah. Well, we can argue, although the Cardinals are, uh, you know. You never know. Maybe maybe we'll be neck and neck this year. So I mean, different yeah, leagues, but maybe we'll be you know similar. Yeah. Uh, similarly strong. So yeah. We'll see. And you put this question in here, and I don't have an answer for it really. But yeah. uh, but how did your April Fool's Day go? You didn't get fooled at all. I didn't. But I uh, didn't. I mean, probably I did, but not in an April Fool's Day sense. In a Matt is living his life every day since. So, um, right. yeah, it's not a big thing around our house, but I'm not opposed to it. So did you, do you do practical jokes on April Fool's Day? Um, No, but just like the social media wise, definitely got fooled. Did you see like Doco Pizza? They did this joke where there was one pizza and then they had like eight mini pizzas on top of it. And oh, I showed nice. my sister because I was so excited to get this pizza. <laughs> and of course, it was an April Fool's Day joke. So. Of course. Yeah. No, yeah, that's funny. Definitely got got. I did yeah. not see that. I did see that the uh, – have you seen Ted Lasso? Mm-mm. Okay. There's a show that you've I've seen that you haven't seen. Um, it's on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but it won some awards and stuff. The soccer coach from – he's a, a, a foot – an American football coach from Wichita state that goes to somewhere in England, somewhere in the UK and coaches a, I'm using air quotes now, football. They're they're the actual worldwide meaning of football, um, soccer team. And it won a bunch of awards. Um, but so the governor of Kansas issued a proclamation naming Ted Lasso, the coach of the year. So like, I thought that was, you know, pretty good, but that's cute. Um, no, I, I, but I, I feel like there weren't, I didn't see as many. I didn't, I didn't see what Google usually does something and I didn't see what it was mm. this year. Um, and so no, I, I, I maybe it's because, because of the pandemic. I've just, you know, like I'm locked in my house. So I didn't really go outside to get pranked. All right. I'll have to arrange something for next year then. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we have our interview with Iowa Representative Ross Smith of Waterloo. So we're going to talk about the funnel this week and a bit of national news. So we'll just get right into that. So thank you for being here with us, Representative Smith. Thank you so much for having me, Ivy. It's a pleasure. Great. Well, uh, let's just dive on in. Uh, Firstly, just I think about two hours before this interview, Governor Reynolds signed a bill allowing individuals to buy and carry a handgun without a permit in Iowa. I mean, what was your reaction to this news? You know, so I think this 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 legislation, first and foremost, was unnecessary. Um, you know, a, a majority of Iowans own a firearm. 
most of which do so responsibly. And so, uh, in my opinion, this legislation opens the door for more uh, individuals who should not have weapons to acquire them. And, and you know, as an avid Second Amendment supporter and, and someone who, who has a safe in firearms, uh, I, I try my best to always be be empathetic to, to the issue. But I think what this has done on its face is actually set up a hierarchy of which constitutional rights this Iowa Republican Party values. And we, we've seen that the, the, the Second Amendment is the only one that seems to really carry uh, credence in their mind. Your, your ability to cast a ballot doesn't seem to matter as much because they've restricted that right. Uh, women's right for re reproductive uh, freedom right has, has been reduced. And so they've set up this hierarchy of, of constitutional rights. And for me, I think that's the wrong direction. I don't believe that's in line with Iowa and Iowa values. And so it's disappointing that our governor uh, has kind of shifted her stance on this even a bit and signed that, that law into effect today. Yeah, I completely agree. And I'm glad you brought up the fact that it's not that Democrats are even against the Second Amendment. It's really just the fact that this um, bill will just take away background checks essentially make them useless useless and that's really not what Iowans want I think about 80 percent of Iowans want background checks so it's really just shocking especially yeah, to do this on a Friday <laughs> yeah. well yeah so this bill really is just horrible and I'm sure you know there's been just a lot of disappointing legislation in the legislature this session and this week in the episode we talked a bit about those bills and the ones that did and did didn't make it past the second funnel deadline, including the bill eliminating tenure, things like that. So was there one bill in particular that you were glad to see not survive the funnel this year? You know, for me, it's been the, the oh my goodness, there's, there's so many, to be honest. Um, and, and being the ranking member of the House Education Committee, I'll, I'll kind of stay in that vein a little bit. I'm, I'm happy to see that vouchers has not passed our funnel. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to see uh, that the tenure bill did not. I'm also happy to see that the 1619 ban did not. Um, but while it's important to realize that these things, as of right now, won't become law, I still think that they they, they still carry or still have an impact on, on our state and our standing nationally. Um, just because we didn't pass a, a bill to ban tenure doesn't mean that it doesn't have national implications when it comes to recruiting strong talent to the state of Iowa and, and, and recruiting folks in, into our workforce. Uh, the fact that we didn't ban 1619 doesn't make it any easier for Iowa to become one of these place-making states that attracts diverse talent who want their students to be globally competitive. And so I'm glad that those things did not make the funnel, but I think that their impact is still yet to be felt. And, and as my Republican peers would say, they were doing these things just to put people on notice. Um, my concern is at what cost did, did, you know, did, did, you, did you harm the state just to put some folks on notice? Exactly. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that right now uh, we're all very happy. A lot of us are very happy that a lot of bills didn't make it like the anti-transgender uh, bills. I think there were 15 this uh, this time around. And so it's very nice, but it's also very disappointing that they even had to come up. I mean, if you have that conversation as a state, how, how do you, if, if you remember the LGBTQ plus community, how do you Feel right. Iowa doesn't make you feel like a welcoming place. If if, if you're someone who's of a minority population or or a, a you know ethnic my racial minority in the state of Iowa or thinking about relocating here, how do you feel about this place? And we have to be more mindful of that. 
the fact that Iowa and, and, and bills like this divisive concepts bill, which which bans and actually has punitive charges or measures for localities or, or any uh, public entity in the state of Iowa that talks about equity and inclusion and, and white privilege or systemic racism or sexism. Uh, the fact that some leaders in this state, Republican leaders in this state, don't believe that racism or sexism doesn't exist. If you're a person of color or a woman who's thinking about moving to Iowa, it's unfortunate that our state has been painted with this brush that I, I, I know most Iowans don't support. And so I, I think we have to keep our, our, our thumb on the pulse of what's taking place, but also know that we have to push back against these narratives um, of hate and, 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 and fear and divisiveness at every opportunity that we have. Exactly. I mean, especially that divisive topics bill, that was very frustrating to watch. So I'm sure it was frustrating for you to be there, especially. Um, and so there were just a lot of bills that thankfully did die, but they just left this horrible stain on Iowa. One of the bills that did make it through um, the funnel was the charter school expansion bill, and it made it out of the Senate Education Committee. And being on the House Education Committee, what were your thoughts on this bill? Well, I have concerns. I still have concerns. I, you know, I think my, my, I was part of my caucus that day, um, you know, as a way we push back against it. And I do believe uh, Republicans can say that they're setting up a public charter school structure. Iowa already has the ability to form public charter schools. We have that in code. And the reason that we don't have a lot of public charter schools in the state of Iowa is that the state does not fund, right, that, that, that line item to, to ensure that local school districts, if, if appropriate, and in collaboration with the school board to set up effective charter schools. The, the state has not allocated those dollars. And so with that being the case, I, I, I'd never support allowing out-of-state entities to come in here and set up schools that are going to take students from our public school district but have no accountability locally. Um, you know, I, I call them private charter schools because a private group from outside of the state of Iowa can come here and establish a, a charter school um, within your local school district, within your community, with no real way to measure community support. And if their goal, as, as Representative Wheeler said over and over again, was they won't be successful without community support, to, to, to use taxpayer dollars to fund a structure, um, to educate students, and then have that fail year after year after year, it's not a, it, that's not a good use of taxpayer dollars. That's wasteful. And so it's better to measure that with the processes that we have on the books right now, such as referendums, to have take it to a vote of the people. Allow folks in that local school district to vote and see if they want something like this, if they want that charter school to be located across the street from their public school. Give them a voice. And those things were not uh, accepted as amendments that we proposed into this legislation. And so I think uh, while Republicans may have won the debate and have this legislation in play now, I think it's going to have negative impacts, not only in our state budget, but on our education system across this state. Exactly. I mean, Iowa should be a state where other um, students, other parents look to and really see how great we've been doing with our great, you know, uh, AP scores, things like that. But I think it's really going to show in the next few years with these uh, private charter schools, how far we've gone, especially with not funding our schools enough. So we'll definitely see how that works out. Um, so thank you so much for talking about those funnel details with us. There are so many bills of concern to discuss this week, but I also wanted to get a little bit into the national news because it was very prominent with the Derek Chauvin trial. 
Uh, what was your take on the trial to get justice for George Floyd? And what do you think the implications of this will be for the rest of the country? You know, to be, to be honest, I, I, it's not something that I could follow. Um, you know, I, I, I my, my job, um, my, my role right now in this moment, I feel, is to continue to do the work of the people. Um, continue to push forward with ensuring that Iowa can be an accepting place for all folks. And also to ensure mm-hmm. that what happened to George Floyd never happens to an island. Um, and so last year, we passed a plan from a perfect union. My focus has been to continue to build off of that work, building strong coalitions and strong partnerships that, that really gear, that really are geared towards making sure that communities across our state are safe, feel as though that they're being policed in an equitable way, and ensuring that my, my best friend, my, my, my cousin, the, the godfathers of my daughters is in law enforcement. And so when we make communities safer, we make it safer to be a law enforcement officer. And those are the things that we continue to try to do uh, moving forward. And, you know, as, as the trial moves on, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that, that justice is served adequately. Um, and so I, you know, with the work at the Capitol, we've been busy, but also you know, we have we have to be mindful of our of our own self care. And so for me, um, you know, you can only consume so much content. And I think I get my fill at the Capitol every day, where I sit and have to hear some of the rhetoric um, that is disheartening and disrespectful. And so, um, you know, I, I my heart goes out to those involved in the trial. I know, um, the, you know, for the family of George Floyd, as they have to sit sit through this and kind of relive this trauma over and over again. My thoughts and prayers go out to them. Um, but for me, it's something that. Um, you know, I, I'll pay attention when the verdict comes down, but I'm, I'm not going to uh, really engage so much on the day-to-day of the trial um, as I'm trying to be focused on my work here in Iowa and making sure that that circumstance doesn't happen to anybody in this state. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because I know that especially after this summer, there were a lot of protests to uh, hopefully see some change in Iowa. I know I think it was Cedar Rapids recently with Stacey Walker's work and I think Advocates for Social Justice, their work uh, had, uh, if you want to talk about this a little bit more uh, in the progress that I was making, they have now, um, what's it called? They have this board of the community to kind of check in on the police and their matters. Uh, Do you want to talk about this a little bit more and like what Iowans can do? Yeah, I, I think, you know, these advisory boards are important because it gives the community a voice. Uh, we, we, we can't continue to allow this 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 structure of, um, as one individual told me when I, when I was younger here in Waterloo, uh, doing some, some training with um, um, uh, implicit bias training, I was told by a member of the law enforcement community um, that it's God, the police, and then everybody else. Uh, and so these advisory boards are important to, to push back against that mindset. Um, my hope is that that's not a pervasive mindset in law enforcement. Um, I hope this individual was one off and isolated, but reality shows that this is much more widespread than, than, than a lot of folks would like to think. And so with that being the reality that, that exists today, it's important that the average citizen has a voice, has a pathway uh, to be able to communicate uh, to, in instances where they don't feel like they've been treated justly. I think that's all of our right as, as Iowans and as Americans. And so um, I take that right seriously. I don't I, I don't believe that any any job, right, especially any job in the public sector in which you're paid for, you're paid, your, your salaries are paid with taxpayer dollars. I don't believe that should be a lack of accountability, especially to the people uh, that you're geared with, with, with serving and protecting and shepherding. And so um, I, I applaud their work. I think 
Uh, law enforcement in, in the future looks different. I think modernizing uh, these practices is important. And so the more brain health individuals that we have working hand in hand with law enforcement, I think that's huge. I think that the more we demilitarize what law enforcement is in the state of Iowa, I think that's important. Um, the more that we ensure that uh, people have expedited trials and have swift justice um, is, is important. And so I, I look forward to continue doing that work and build strong relationships, not only with law enforcement, but with community leaders and advocacy groups uh, to continue to push for more advisory boards across the state that, in, in, in my strong opinion, and the data proves this across the country, only help to facilitate stronger, deeper relationships uh, that they make law enforcement safer, more effective in, in, in the communities that they are geared towards policing or charged with policing are uh, done so in a more equitable and effective and safe manner as well. Uh, yeah, thanks for sharing your thoughts on that. I agree. I think that advisory boards can definitely have a great impact here in Iowa. And so hopefully we see more of that. I think that that's definitely going to be an ongoing topic for us. Um, and with that, just wanted to ask you, was there anything else that you wanted to bring up uh, before we sign off? No, I, I think, you know, for, for me, that I always am asked by people, what can we do to get engaged and what can we do to be and get involved and <laughs> how do we change things at the Capitol? Um, and to be honest, I, I think it's time for all of us as individuals to look in the mirror and understand that the work, the, the, the work that we have to do um, is hard. It's going to be tough. But the change that we're all seeking, the vision that we have for Iowa, it doesn't start with change at the Capitol. It starts with us each engaging in that work every day, making a concerted effort to do something. Um, you don't have to show up with, with, with an S on your chest. You don't have to show up with a cape, but you do have to show up every day. And, and, and that's my charge uh, for anybody listening and, and folks that I talk to all the time is you got to show up. So if you're somebody who's not doing anything, you got to do something. For somebody who's doing something, you have to do a little bit more. And for somebody who's doing that a little bit more, we need all that you have. Um, if we all can commit to doing that, um, the change that we seek will come. Um, but, but we need everybody engaged, everybody being involved and active and advocating uh, for our peers. Because before anything else, we owe our allegiance to each other as human beings before any religion, any, any political affiliation. Um, the things that, that unite us are much greater than those that divide us. And so I'm hopeful for the future of this state. I'm not giving up on Iowa. And I, I look forward to the work ahead, regardless of how hard um, there's beauty in the struggle and what a time to be alive to engage in the work. Thank you so much. I thought that was really great. I think there is so much that divides us, especially right now. So it's really good to be positive about that and look forward to things. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview. And we really appreciate it. And we look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you so much, Ivy. I appreciate you all. Be safe. Um, have, have a happy weekend. Uh, if you celebrate Easter, uh, please enjoy that. If, if not, um, try to enjoy some of this weather uh, and, and get outside and get some fresh air. Definitely. Well, thank you. Have a good weekend. Thank you, too. And last, we have our shout outs where we lift up great work happening all over the state. As always, please send your recommendations to at Progress Iowa or at Potluck FM. We have two this week. Um, first is a personal shout out to Marsha Nichols, a former um, uh, lobbyist and advocate for AFSCME uh, in the state of Iowa and many other causes. But Marsha was a founding board member of Progress Iowa. It was her birthday this week. 
And so we want to shout out to Marsha for all uh, everything that you've ever done for the organization um, and for for so, so many people um, in in the progressive movement um, and democratic politics and really just the state of Iowa and the country because you're a badass and uh, we appreciate all that you do. Um, the second shout out is as we pass this second fumble deadline um, and continue on with this awful, dreadful legislative session to all the advocates, legislators, um, lobbyists for groups that, that are that have good core progressive Iowa values. Um, we see you. We, um, we thank you for all that you're doing um, in the face of much opposition to fight the good fight. And we are here uh, to, do, to continue to do that with you. What a Week is produced by Progress Iowa as part of the Potluck Media Network and would not be possible without grassroots supporters like you. We are mixed and edited by Greg Howenstein. For more information, visit potluck.fm. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave us a five-star review and subscribe. See you next week on What a Week.